it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, we, I, I feel like we say this every week. It has it's been, been a, while. a while. It has actually been a while. So listeners are going to listen to this back to back and they're mm. just going to go, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not every Friday, but um, we've meant to. We've had a good Christmas though, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you get up to? Very jolly. Um, just family time. Nice. Um, I was ill. I think everyone was ill after New Year's, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. All mingling all at the same time. Um, yeah, I had the most blocked nose I've ever had in my life. Nice. Um, like, I was mouth breathing. I actually snored for the first time in a long time. This is really re- irrelevant. But yeah, um, I was snoring. Nice. And I'm sure snore. the listeners really want to hear Yeah, it, I know. So, yeah. <laughs> right, what are we talking about this week? Uh, we're going to talk about High Rocks, I think. Mm, I think we should. Disclaimer, neither of us done one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe we should, yeah, definitely say that. I'm going to, um, I am going to do one, though. Yeah? yeah? Which one are you looking at? Uh, I've not looked. I've not thought. I mean, maybe Manchester. Because mm, I like Manchester. Keep it close to home. Yeah. I think. I think the idea of them is great because obviously you got you got things like Ironman, which mm. that's for the endurance athletes. But the fact that you can go anywhere and travel with it is like yeah. that's like yeah. a, a good selling point for them. And you can go away and collect different places. Same with Hyrox, I suppose. Like mm. I know competitions for CrossFit, you have here, there, and everywhere. But that's generally like in the UK. To, to compete for, you know, getting to nationals and then and then going international. But High Rocks is more like a, seems more, what's it, like the an easier barrier for entry for everyone. Yeah. You can just go do it. And then if mm. you do well, that's when you get invited. To yeah, it. yeah. Yeah, I think like from what I've heard, it's like you get all somatotypes going as well. So somatotypes. Yeah. That's a good word. It's good, it is a good word. I've not used that? that word in a long time, actually. Different, like body shapes. So okay. you, you do get like, you, you get complete novices, you get people who are like CrossFit elites that are like mm. absolutely shredded, you get people who are like rugby players or whatever. like you get any any size or shape because it's not like, if you're a good runner, you're good at the running part. If you're a good weightlifter, yeah. you're good at the weightlifting part. Do you know what I mean? So it kind of like combination of, it is a hybrid, yeah, hybrid um, challenge really, isn't it? So, you know, if you're, if you're good, if you're strong, you'll be good. If you're quick at running, you'll be good. Mm. Um, I think for, from so, everything that I've seen about it so far, it has a, obviously there's there's a lot of running in it. So mm. to compete at a good level, you've you've got to be good at running. Mm. You've yeah. got to be you know be aerobically fit mm. and be able to run on knackered legs. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a pivotal point. Uh, mm. Yeah, I think it, it's kind of it's interesting. I've been learning a lot more about it. By no means do I actually know a lot about it because I don't mm. think, I don't think you really do until you actually do one. Right, um, because it is very tif- different to any kind of. But you, but you can so. look up what the exercises yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's always the same list. Oh, of is exercises. it? Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so but, it doesn't change from like week to week. No, no, right, cool. no. Um, it's always the same stuff, um, which I think is quite good because it means you can train at it and get better. So just like in you know, if you do half marathons or marathons, you can. You know, track your time. Yeah. Because so in in a hierox you can track your the time that you complete it in. Right. Because it's always the same exercises. You know that you know those are consistent. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and is it always in the same order? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. I, I don't actually. I, lo- know, I love how we're talking about hierox. Oh, I know, yeah. but I actually don't know much about it. I know more about it, more about the training for it, though. To be honest, mm. like I know more about the training than the actual event, um, just because of the people I'm around, but. 
Um, Has anyone you know done it? Yeah, yeah, quite a lot. Cool. Um, and they're doing it, they're, like they're training for it now. Mm. And it's an interesting type of training because it's all like <clears throat> heart rate based stuff. Okay. Um, because even if you're, what I learned was that like, cause I, I said, oh, I'm really like, cause I've been doing a lot more running recently. I'll be really good at the running. So that's something that I push. But they were like, you don't really want to do that because if you push your running or if you push a particular thing, your heart rate shoots up mm. and it's really hard to get it back down because it's just continuous work. Yeah. Um, and if you're going from something that you're good at that you want to push, like your heart rate shoots up, but it takes a while for you to recover that heart rate because you're constantly working. Right. Um, so although you can be better at something, you still, you kind of, you're only as good as your worst exercise in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I find quite an interesting concept. I also quite like the fact that none of the, none of the, sort of lifting elements are that technical yeah like yeah. you do it's not like crossfit competitions where you've got heavy mm. snatch after heavy snatch mm. where some people can't even do a snatch yeah yeah you, you don't have the shoulder range or yeah anything. everyone can actually do the exercises exactly yeah, and like mean. you've got you've, you've got some lunges in high rocks haven't you yeah but for things like crossfit it's all it's overhead lunges mm. whereas like you said some people might not have them that mobility it's a mm. lot more the barrier for entry is, is a lot lower yeah and that's accessible. probably why it's boomed in population mm. and like like exactly what you're saying anyone can do it and you can realistically be any kind of fitness level as well yeah um especially you know being an individual thing although you can do it in partners as well which i didn't realize um I didn't realise you could do it individually because I've only ever seen people. Oh, do really? It. Yeah. yeah. I think the more popular ones to do it as a pair, especially for like first timers, because yeah. people want to do it with with their mate, because it's quite daunting to be fair yeah. going into one of those competitions on your own. Um, yeah. So people do tend to do it that for the first time as a pair. I really wonder how I'd fare up, because like we should do one. Let's do. Yeah. Shall we? Shall we? Yeah. Go on. Then. You've just seen that live on air. That's a or heard it anyway. Yeah. yeah. I think we should do that. I think we should do it. Because like you said, you'll be good at the running and lifting mm. and I'll just watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, because when I'm, I think I've browsed over the exercises and I was like, none of them seem like difficult on their own. Yeah. Obviously, I'm, sh I'm yeah. sure they accumulate and, mm. you know, mm. I've, I've had, like I said, I've done CrossFit before and you, there's always, the workouts that you think are going to be fine are always the worst yeah, yeah, and vice yeah. versa. Um, but yeah, uh, I always feel quite comfortable lifting like a relatively heavy weight, but just continually. Mm. Like I know some people are way stronger than me for, you know, weight. Um, but in terms of like being able to continually just rep and rep and rep, mm. I'm quite good at that stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you said, right, you got to do lunge the length of a rugby field with a weight on your back. I'm quite good at that. Yeah, I can yeah, just yeah. do that. Repetition kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting because I'm kind of the opposite. I'm kind of, I'm, well, I've always been a sprinter. So yeah. I've always been like maximal or like I'm either like, yeah. Short and explosive. Short and explosive. Um, but, you know, again, it, so you might be quite good mm. at this. And you're from a CrossFit background as well. You've well, just kind of, did it for what, like two years? <laughs> yeah, I mean, two years is two yeah, years yeah. longer than me. And it's, it's, it is a similar concept in that it is... You know, mm. weightlifting for reps and is it you know more than me but in terms of running what is the distance the total distance that you actually one run oh, the total distance yeah. um it's intervals of one kilometer with an exercise between so do you start on a run or finish on a run uh 
Surely you. It's a good question. I don't actually know. Because that would that would account, wouldn't it? If yeah. you've got ten exercises but you start and finish on an exercise, mm. and you do two less kilometers. Mm. So it'd either be like ten or eight kilometer run, wouldn't it? Mm. Thinking about so, it. Something there or thereabouts. Probably should have searched this before. Mm. Um, anywho. Yeah. Anywho. But mm. that distance, ten or twelve kilometers, really, or eight kilometers. I think it's anyway. Poor maths. Mm. But that doesn't seem too daunting. Obviously, you're doing it on tired legs, so yeah. you, you obviously we're going to talk about the training side of things, and, mm. and you'll go into that in a minute. But the it's not just running a ten k because we've all mm, lifted weights mm. and then gone for a run. It's completely, completely different. Yeah, it's a different sensation, in, in completely. Because mm. it, and it depends what exercise you're on the back of. Like if you're on the back of a ski, ski erg, you know your, your legs are going to be up. Well, it's going to be up, yeah, but it's also like an upper body, like an upper body exercise. Yeah. So you'll have slightly fresher legs than if you were to have just done your walking lunges, yeah. weighted walking lunges. So it's it's going to be a different sensation, mm-hmm. I would imagine. I quite like as well how they've got. So you've got individual, you've got doubles, you've got teams. So mm. I think you could do it in like teams of four, yeah. and you've got mixed doubles as well. Yeah. So that's. Again, it's quite accessible. Like, and, and females. And females. Well, I said individuals. <laughs> I they are individuals. Um, but yeah. go on, let's talk about the training side of things. Mm. What? Um, so again, I've not done one before, so I've not actually done the training, but it's very um, simulation-based. So um, <clears throat> triathletes call it brick sessions, which is basically where they go from their swim to their bike or their bike to their run. Mm-hmm. So they'll actually do, like a singular session would be both. So they're, they're kind of doubling up. And it's very similar. Um, so you're simulating your wall balls going into your run or you're going from your wall balls into your uh, sled push pull or whatever. Right. Um, uh, and it's all done at a heart rate. So you want to be below your threshold the whole time. Like I mentioned before, as soon so as you go if you above, don't, What happens if you don't track your heart rate? Should you be? You do, I mean, to be fair, you don't necessarily, you can do it off a feel, but um, by tracking your heart rate, heart rate, heart oh, right. rate, it just um, allows you to kind of be a little bit more precise about your training. Yeah. Um, and and that's why it's important to so a lot of people do test their thre- like their lactic threshold mm. um, for that exact reason, so they know that their like that heart rate, their heart rate, their threshold heart rate, and um, to stay below that. Because right. like I said, if you if you spike above that, it takes you a little while to recover. Because yeah. you're because you're continuously working unless you stop, which yeah, is obviously killing time. Acid. You, you accumulate, yeah, exactly. So um, it's let's, quite important. On a note, let's do that next week. Let's talk about heart rate variability. In yeah, training. yeah, yeah. I think that'll be a good topic. That would be a good topic. But yeah, back to the training. Um, yeah, so it is kind of like that steady state thing and of continuously working. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you're not as good at on a certain exercise, you're not as efficient. That's something that's going to bring your heart rate up. So you got to. Again, just work on your technique, though. Although it's not as technical as CrossFit per se, like you say with the snatches and things like that. Yeah, there is an efficiency element. You want to be as efficient as possible. Yeah, I was coaching one of um, someone who I know that's doing it on their sled push because um, they had some inefficiencies. And this is where there's a bit of a crossover, right? Because obviously, I specialise in speed and acceleration coaching, mm-hmm. and doing that sled push is very similar to when you do a sled pull, uh, like a sled sprint. Yeah. Um, because the movement from your lower body, from your hips down, is the same. Um, so I was teaching them some some like efficiencies there. Um, 
And it's like little things, little details that people can change in their technique to become a bit more efficient and a bit more powerful doing, you know, yep. in their ski egg. For example, like I was, I was chatting to someone with a ski egg, like twisting your wrists around, they felt like it was a little bit more powerful. Yeah. Um, I actually do as well. Do you, you twist your wrist yeah. around like that? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a bit like, um, a bit like an arm wrestle. Yeah. So if you're there, yeah, yeah. that's that's the weakest point. But if you t- mm. internally rotate, yeah. You you are you you're using your forearm muscles mm. as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in a way, you are stronger, which means you can generate more power through the machine, so you're more efficient that way. Mm. But if you haven't trained for it, yeah, and you suddenly then do that, you, your you're toasting your forearms. Yeah. yeah. And then if you've got lots of other things to do, mm. um, other exercises, then then obviously they're going to be worse. Mm. But that was exactly my thought process because I'm quite. <clears throat> strong in the wrist but um <laughs> I, I, that? <laughs> I no comment um i wouldn't do that because that, that would burn my forearms up mm. but i've got quite i've got a strong grip in that neutral position but if i was to twist like that would burn my forearms up too but much. then it's just it's just training and making sure yeah. that yeah, yeah if yeah. you're training on the ski erg that you're using the technique that yeah. you would be and that's the, through the simulation it's a lot of like just practicing and doing those kind of brick style sessions right um, at your target heart rate or just below your like, threshold. Interesting. Um, because ultimately, the more you, more you do it, the better you get. So mm-hmm. um, the training is very much that. And then obviously you've got you can do running set, like running based sessions, which would be interval sessions. Obviously, yeah. you do you know chuck a few like longer runs in there as well. Um, just to, just for that bit of variation. But um, so you can you know mm. or, or you can do like brick sessions like where you are doing your intervals and. Um, so, so, so for somebody who, who is looking to do one, doesn't really know, you know, goes to the gym, likes to run. Mm-hmm. What sort of, what would be the best sort of split, you know, sort of gym sessions versus running sessions? Or I know you mentioned the the block training, but would you, would you integrate runs with the exercises? Because, you know, in most conventional gyms, I know the one that you used to train at, um, mm. Athlete Factory. You could just run straight out the door and it'd yeah, be fine. Right. But there's a Sometimes lot of gyms out easy, there yeah. that you can't just go, right, I'm going to run out the door, yeah, yeah. run back in. In that circumstance, um, a really good or a good alternative for that is um, to replace your running with any other cardio equipment. Obviously, mm. something that's a little bit more lower body based. So maybe like a bike or um, a row or whatever, but just to simulate that kind of cardiovascular. Yeah. Um, style that would be for your run and then obviously if you're if that's you know your what you've got access to mm. um, then you'd obviously want to still get your running in but doing that elsewhere so going on a separate run yeah um, and how many how many in. run sessions would you look to be doing per week so this completely depends on where you're coming from if you're a runner who wants to do high rocks and you're a good runner yeah that's very true do you know what I mean or if you're yeah. a weightlifter you know, and you, you've never ran before, and obviously you need to focus a lot more on your running. So it does completely depend where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, say you're a bit more neutral. Again, you can have a bit more neutral approach to it. Um, and it, But I think realistically, um, a lot of, it's probably the best way is to work on your weakest thing. Mm. I was just thinking that when I, when I asked the question, I was I was looking for a number, you know, two mm. days a week, three mm. days a week. But when I was saying it, you, you're absolutely right. You, you know, if there is a list of exercises that you need to complete, 
you're only as you're only as good as your worst exercise yeah. and yeah. if you know that running is a massive component of it so if your running is yeah. the weakest yeah. thing then improving your efficiency and your running improving mm. your speed you know or being able to run quicker but keep your heart rate at the same level mm. you are going to be better aren't you mm. at the end of the day it's a, it's a race yeah and it's yeah. about getting the quickest time yeah. yeah and what like almost 50 percent of the the time that you're doing the high rocks for you are running so mm. it makes sense to be good at running yeah in my head um well that, you know we were talking about this before we jumped on on camera and on microphone but some of my friends that have done it the ones that have mm -hmm. got really good times they're all runners at heart yeah they they yeah. well they're not i wouldn't say they're runners at heart but they they lift they like weightlifting so they're strong naturally mm. but also they love running yeah, you know they, they yeah. do marathons or they do half marathons and they're quick yeah you know most of them are running sort of sub 23 minute mm. 5k's you know some of them can even do sub 20 yeah and those are the ones that do well because they can run at a quicker pace mm. that I wouldn't be able to s sustain. And actually, when you're running a kilometer and then later on you're running a kilometer, it doesn't you can shave off, you know, s some time here or there on the actual mm. weightlifting exercises. Yeah. But if you can shave off a couple of minutes every every kilometer, mm. you're laughing. Definitely, definitely, because um, it is. Although they are kind of shorter runs, it's only a kilometer mm. at a time, but because there's so many of them, it's, yeah, it's well, that's that, it. that kind of every second counts kind of thing. It's like if it, just thinking off the top of my head, if I was to run like my 5k pace for that, mm. you know, I run a 5k at sort of 25 minutes on a good day. Mm. I normally sub that, but what's that one five and a half minutes? No, it's five minutes per kilometer. Yeah. Some of the people that I know were doing it are doing, you know, sub four minute kilometers. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, if you're doing that, you know, that's 10 times mm. one, you've, you've saved yourself 10 minutes. 10 minutes, yeah. And that's a long time when you're going through exercises. So. Hell yeah. And yeah, and that's just, just the running portion. <laughs> mm, yeah. So. so being aerobically fit is, is number one. And then being able to work at a capacity when, you're, when mm. your legs and your body's yeah. like jelly. So If you're efficient in all of your exercises and your running, like that's the key. Um, mm. even even you know you can be kind of average fitness but yeah if you're consistently um efficient across the board with your exercises you're going to be a decent hierarchy yeah um because it's all about kind of like keeping consistent and preserving your energy the whole way through yeah and then if you can you know afford to pick up your pace at the end then great just like running really like mm. um not necessarily a negative split you don't have to do that but um, just being consistent with your heart rate and just being consistently efficient with your exercises so you're not wasting energy I agree. on any particular exercise. So I think a good take-home take, take home message from that would be take a look at the exercises, you know, trial it, see what your where your inefficiencies lie. You can always get better at running. I'm sure there's, you know, mm. marathon runners, well, there are, that want to get better at running. Mm. So you can always improve on that. But in terms of the exercises look at where your inefficiencies lie mm. and that's where you're going to make up the most time is, is improving on that mm. um i think might as well dive into a bit of nutrition yeah, yeah definitely but if you're prepping well let's go with the training but if you're training for high rocks it's it's pretty high intensity stuff um you're you know running a lot which is excuse me sorry nice man <laughs> you're you're Whenever you run, you burn a lot more calories than if you were just weightlifting. So your energy expenditure is going to go up. 
so your energy intakes are going to have to compensate for that and because it's quite a um it's quite an intense bout of exercise <laughs> you stop interrupting you're taking a piss no i'm not <laughs> um yeah because it's quite intense bouts of exercise you will be burning a lot of glycogen your you know carbohydrate storage so you need to replace those carbohydrates in your body so that you're good to train next time so it's really important that before training about two to three hours before your training you're getting lots of carbohydrates in your diet relatively low gastro um glycemic index so that you know you're replenishing those glycogen stores but then after your training it's really important to get protein into your into your diet and it's really important to get some fast absorbing carbohydrates to spike your insulin to get that sugar into your cells so it can be stored as glycogen um, and it also allows the amino acids from the protein to go into your cells as well to help repair those muscles because you're going to be doing a lot of muscle damage um, and your muscles need like the to adapt to all the training that you're doing you know at the end of the day muscle growth and improved running efficiencies all happen because of muscle adaptions and those muscle adaptions can only happen through adequate protein intakes so you need to meet your protein needs um, especially if you're weightlifting, even if you're running, but you also need lots of carbohydrates in your diet. Now I want to talk about pre-Hyrox fuel. You want to carb load like you're doing an endurance event. You know, marathon runners, half marathon runners, triathletes are all aware of sort of your carb loading. If you don't know what it is, it's essentially eating a shed load of carbohydrates way above your sort of daily needs so that you're storing the maximum maximum amount of carbohydrates or glycogen in your body so that when it comes to game day when it comes to the actual event you have the the most amount of glycogen stored and the reason why we store that glycogen is because when we are exercising at a high intensity that is the fuel that our body uses like predominantly for energy so you want that as high as possible so you don't burn out as quickly um, and gels during just like an endurance event you know you're not really going to worry about getting amino acids in whilst you're doing it it's just purely keeping your sugar levels topped up so gels sports drinks you know a couple a couple of hours are up to um, the point of starting and then during and then during your intro is it I'm like, this is me from what i remember it's every half an hour after the first hour no i would no i would go every 20 minutes from the start from the start yeah. from the start okay. so every 20 minutes you should be trying to trying to get some some carbohydrates in for even for like an hour hour and a half event say that's roughly what time you're doing um i mean so there's some discrepancies in the, without boring you, in the literature that say like, obviously if you're doing anything longer than 90 minutes, you should be getting glucose and fructose because that maximally absorbs the amount of sugar mm. in your body. I mean, there's not, there won't be many studies on Hyrox itself because it's such a new mm. event, but it's no different to like high intensity exercise. Yeah. So you're burning through glycogen at a very high rate 
so why not just maximize what you're having right um and the max that you can really do is sort of 60 grams of sugar per hour mm. so i would just most gels are like 20 grams of sugar so three an hour right, every 20 right, minutes yeah. that's just the simplest way to do it okay yeah okay i mean if you if you're not getting a gel in you know in the first sort of 20 minutes like or, or after the first 20 minutes I, I would just i would just take them because at the end of the day you're going to be burning and you might as well keep it topped up mm. because I, I was just about to say if you didn't have the last 20 it wouldn't make a difference but probably when you need it the most yeah is that you know i would also be taking caffeine throughout as long as your body is used to caffeine you don't want to be shitting yourself on a high rocks event mm-hmm. um, or, you know, needing a poo whilst yeah. you're on it. But essentially caffeine inhibits tiredness. You're going to feel tired on the event. So if you're keeping your caffeine intakes high, you're also stimulating your sympathetic nervous system. So you'll be able to lift more. Uh, you'll have reduced fatigue. Um, you can also lift more reps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Creatine supplementation before as well. Make sure you're taking that during your training and up to events, that'll improve your uh, anaerobic capacity, which is basically all of that event, and your aerobic capacity. So, supplement-wise, creatine, caffeine, that's all you really need, as long as you're recovering effectively. Mm. I could waffle about nutrition all day. I think that's the basics, and considering we've not done a high rocks before, I think that's quite good info. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Should we wrap it up? What we'll have to do is we'll do it together and then we'll, and then we'll redo it and then be like what we said was completely wrong <laughs> that's all theoretical yeah, yeah yeah we'll do uh we'll have to do it first i think so should we just do one in like madrid or something or mm. barcelona barcelona anyway yeah, shall we hope you enjoyed freaky friday <laughs> enjoy <laughs> arrivederci